there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. No bills gonna kill my head. I got a bad case of love. The doctor is in. The doctor is in, and you are in the know. It's Advanced Medicine Monday here, the Medical Rewind on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Dr. Rasha Bittar, we're about to head to Chicago. Yes, we are, Robert. It's coming up really fast. This is the like, week autism like one. Like mode. I know. We've been talking about it for many months since we learned that you'll be, be there and featured so uh, intensely. And actually, I got a request. I hope you don't mind. Somebody said, we want you to introduce Dr. Batar when he does his, his lecture. I said, I don't even know the guy. I don't know why you want me to introduce him. <laughs> actually, if that's, if that's the case, that's perfect because I was going to ask Ed if that would be okay for you to do the introduction. And um, we've been playing phone tag. So if somebody's already asked you that... Oh, man, I'm honored. I'm honored to do it. We'll have a, like I said, we'll have a great time. Of course, Thursday evening, we've got our big event as well. And on Sunday, you've got the, the big event for the parents, the parents workshop, which I'm very excited about. So if you haven't signed up, please do. We'll be together. AutismDefined.net is a great place to see all the things going on, as well as AutismOne.org. But uh, we're going to be there before we know it. And I'm just uh, hoping for some warm weather up there. I heard it's been in the 30s and 40s. Oh, goodness. I didn't know that. Yeah, it might switch around before we get up there. Also, Liam Sheff was on last hour, and his friend Dieter says, Hello to Dr. Batar. I'd like to party with that guy. (laughs) Well, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah, we had a good time with (laughs) that. What do you say to that, right? I know. What do you say? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if uh, if somebody had said that to Ty, you know, Ty would have, like, everything all planned out, you know, the itinerary and everything, but... Yes, yes. Oh, to that so that, yes i i i appreciate that compliment and and speaking of ty of course the uh the truth about cancer series you're featured prominently in that as well uh i am in that and uh, mike adams is in that he's uh, uh put together pretty extraordinary things and and a lot of things that haven't been revealed in any other source like a 60 minute style documentary kind of kind of film technique and uh just the the trailer that he put together is pretty impressive yeah, it was really nice. I, I liked it too. So I'm looking forward to seeing that whole program. Yeah. So well, we got we got some stuff to do. We got some stuff to talk about. Of course, heading into autism one, I could say yes, we could talk more autism and 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 got ecology discussion. There's more science on that. But there's also this uh, this thing coming out of Poland of all places. And I've got I've got some Polish heritage. My uh, ancestors, uh, some of them anyway, came across and and went through the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island. And they got the name chopped off from Belitsky to Bell, so some of my heritage goes there. And this is actually something to be very proud of. A Polish study now saying that vaccines have no historical benefits and continue to cause neurological damage. Did you get a chance to take a quick peek at that? I did. And, um, you know, it's, it's, again, nothing that we don't know, Robert, and that we haven't been preaching, but it's nice to see independent sources doing these studies and coming to the same conclusion Albeit it may be a decade, two decades past when they should have, but it's still nice to see that this information is coming out. What is still somewhat disturbing is the fact that the mainstream media doesn't pick up on this stuff. So you can start seeing their bias and how selective they are in what they put out and what they don't put out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we talked. I talked last week about this because Mike Adams appeared on the Doctor Oz show of all things, and uh, he had him on talking about the heavy metals that Mike has been identifying through his lab and a lot of foods and protein powders coming from Asia and sounding the alert on heavy metals. Yet, if Doctor Oz were to come out against vaccines, yeah, th- it's no doubt in my mind that they would cancel his show tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. In fact, it happened with Sherry when Sherry was on the Doctor Oz show. They were trying to get her, and she, I guess she's known him for a while, and she point blank, She told me, she point blankedly told him that if you bring up, you know, don't, don't try to paint me in a corner because I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And they were, because it was supposed to be live, and then they went ahead and pre-recorded it and, because they weren't sure, you know, exactly how it would go. But apparently when Oz had taken the vaccine on the, on the show, live on the show, um, from what I understand, and this could be urban myth, but from uh, what I understand, that that was not a real vaccine for the for the uh, uh, swine flu. It was uh, actually just a saline shot. And then his wife has been noted to say that her and the kids would never get the flu shot. But yes, of course, yes. he was on the air getting a live flu shot on the show. Uh, as as I said, it apparently was not the real vaccine, though. No, I, I, I think I really do believe he knows better. Of course, he's acknowledged, as you said, that his wife would not allow him to vaccinate his children uh, for flu or other things. But to give him his props because he's come around to, to allow certain things to get out into the public, which we're pleased about. Uh, but I recognize at that level of media, they don't play around with the vaccine issue, which is the point of this thing. Here it was published in the Progressive Health Sciences back in 2012 and expose what we would call, and they call the fraud of vaccines, by highlighting how the risks far outweigh any perceived benefits. And I think last week you even said, it's not that we're against vaccination, because they say anti-vaxxers. The concept, we're not opposed to the concept, but the execution of it is literally executing some kids, and if not outright taking them out, damaging them to such a degree that there are conferences now, like Autism One, for years having to bring families together that didn't know what they were what they were doing and what happened. Yeah, that's exactly right, Robert. I think that that's one of the things that I do want to mention at the seminar, at the Autism One seminar, is this aspect about the anti-vaccinators. Um, I think that when you start to look at the whole theory of exposure and getting the body built up, it's the old-time thought process, oh, somebody in the neighborhood has chicken pox, send your kid to that house so they can get chicken pox. It's not a... um, a, mer- a, a, a mercury that. party. Think about it. Yeah. It's like, wait, one kid has chicken. Hey, get them over to that house and have, give them all mercury. I mean, that. It, see, that's the insane part of where they take it. Right. That's, that's, that's exactly the point. It, it, nobody is offended by the aspect of that thought process of going to the house to be exposed so that you end up getting exposure, you build the immune system up. If you keep everybody in a bubble, then, of course, you know, the child won't be exposed to anything, and then their systems, the, the immune system hasn't been indoctrinated properly, hasn't been... Uh, tested, it hasn't been uh, worked out like any other part of the body. It hasn't really had the input that's necessary in order for the body to build the immunity, but to do it the way that they're doing it. And it's, it's actually completely done the wrong way if you look at it, because if, you're, if the whole goal of uh, in a vaccine is to build immunity, then why would you give it along with a substance that's immunosuppressive? It's counterintuitive. It's uh, actually it's, it's, uh, it's ridiculous to, to say... Mm-hmm. It's like saying, look, I've got to put out the fire, but let me, let me use gasoline. I'm going to douse this fire with a bunch of gasoline. It doesn't work that way. 
gasoline is going to promote the fire, just like immunosuppressives uh, on board a attenuated virus or even a live virus, for that matter. It doesn't matter whether it's attenuated at that point. You're, you're suppressing the immune system. They're causing damage. And then, of course, the proximity, as far as time is concerned, of when these injections are being given, if the immune system hasn't developed to the point of being able to mount a response, how can you expect to train the immune system to have an immune response? It's like expecting a baby to run a marathon when they haven't even learned how to walk, leave alone run. Right, right. And, and Liam, last hour we were talking a little bit about the religiosity basis of science, where it is not science, it's a cult of belief, and vaccines are a cult of belief. Uh, the whole idea of uh, frightening like you know, parents about 11- and 12-year-old girls who may become sexually active in the coming years, they're all going to get a deadly virus that will all get cancer, you know, cervical cancer, which even that causal relationship hasn't officially been established. But they promote this idea, much less the absurdity of injecting every infant for the hepatitis B and how many of those infants are going to sneak away from their mom and dad and get a tattoo with a dirty needle. I mean, it's just absurd. Yeah, and actually, Robert, to take that point about the religiosity aspect, I really believe that there's a very, very, very small group that is promoting these um, these lies, basically this misinformation, propagating the misinformation, and creating an illusion that there's a whole pro-vaccine group out there. They are just very, they're positioned in very key positions. They are controlling Wikipedia. They're mm -hmm. controlling the mainstream media. Um, just like in the case of the people that were attacking me, if you remember, there were 12 people that were all over the Internet attacking me during from 2007 onwards. Uh, and they were all traced back to two card-carrying members of Quackbusters with multiple aliases. So I think the people that are, you know, when you talk about the cult that believes in, that, that says, you know, vaccines, 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 it's, I don't believe there is a cult. I believe that there's a couple of key people that are giving this illusion that there's this whole uh, group that is pro-vaccine, and they're trying to sway the anti-vaccine group. And the anti-vaccine people, uh, you know, there's a lot more people out there that would not be classified as pro or anti-vaccine, but they're questioning. Their right. minds are not questioning. They're seeing, they're hearing. They're, the evidence is so overwhelming, and they're not sure. I, in social settings, all the time I'm asked, you know, well, what is the truth, Dr. Vitar? Can you tell me? Can you explain to me? Because they're not against it. They, they're just, they don't want to do something that could potentially be detrimental to the child by giving a vaccine. At the same time, they don't want the child to get sick if they don't give the vaccine. So they, they're, they're questioning. And I think this pro-vaccine group is trying to sway them this undecided population, which is probably 75% right. of the population, to go for the vaccine, 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 don't question, just do it. Well, if the masters of illusion, they're magicians, they're razzle-dazzling you to believe that they're bigger and there are more of them than there are, and we've seen it like with GMOs, too. I mean, who out there is, is, is protesting for GMOs? Yes, we want more GMOs. Those people aren't out there. But the uh, illusion of it is that in this Polish report, they uh, quoted as of saying that uh, uh, in many Polish and foreign medical journals, uh, these reports lead us to conclude that post vaccinal complications among children can be observed in sporadic cases and that they are disproportionate to the benefits of vaccination and the elimination of dangerous diseases in childhood. And that was right in the study. They're actually stepping back without emotion and going, wait a sec, let's weigh this thing out. And that's what has been long overdue, Robert, and I'm thinking that this particular study may lead the way to others now um, talking more openly about it. But, uh, you know, my, my hats go off to these authors. Yeah. Listen to this also from the study, quote, experimental evidence 
clearly shows that simultaneous administration of as little as two to three immune adjuvants or repeated stimulation of the immune system by the same antigen can overcome genetic resistance to autoimmunity. And yep. we've talked about this for a lot of years, Dr. Batar, the fact that vaccines can stimulate these autoimmune responses that should never happen in a, and would never happen in a healthy body. Right, and we call them autoimmune, but they're actually an overstimulation of the immune system, and then the immune system starts to act upon uh, itself. So that's exactly what this uh, dysregulation is. If yeah. you remember so, in the book with the three different foundations of health, the, the oh, stand by, Dr. Batar. we got to hit a break. We're going to come back to that, talk about those three foundations. In the nine steps to keep the doctor away, you'll be able to get your copy signed by Dr. Batar at Autism One. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell. If you ever miss an edition of Advanced Medicine Monday here on the Robert Scabell Show with Dr. Rashid Batar, no worries, easy enough, whether it be through Natural News Radio or GCN or directly through MedicalRewind.com. Hundreds of hours of wonderful information uh, that you, you just don't find anywhere else unless you're hanging out with Dr. Batar. And uh, you'll get to do that this week at Autism One. We're looking forward to being together with him there. And uh, check it out, AutismOne.org. Also, AutismDefined.net. He is also the author of the international bestseller, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. We're going to get into those foundations. Uh, but this story about uh, this Polish study questioning vaccines is pretty stunning. Uh, one of the quotes here, Dr. Batar, says, While it is generally accepted that potency and toxicity of immune adjuvants must be adequately balanced so that the necessary immune stimulation is achieved with minimal side effects, in practical terms, such a balance is very difficult to achieve. So they basically acknowledge that they have no idea how to balance it so they get that safety versus danger. Exactly. And in the three foundations of health, Robert, that I wrote about in the book, if you remember, the first one is systemic detoxification. The second one is immune modulation. And the third one is physiological optimization. The reason that second one is immune modulation, I'm not talking about making it better or worse. I'm talking about modulating it so that it's working in a balanced way. And that's exactly what they're talking about here. The imbalance of the immune system, driving it in one side or driving it to the other side will make the, make the it's almost like a rubber band being pulled apart and then it snaps back together and the, mm-hmm. uh, the ramifications can be quite significant and cause a significant disruption. So the immune system being balanced is key and there are so many things, not only the, not only the virus itself or whatever they're giving the uh, vaccine for itself, but also the adjuvants just... Mm-hmm completely throw off that balance and cause that immune system to go, essentially go awry, and that's what yes. causes the autoimmune conditions. Yeah, and, they, and this is one other statement from the study I want to, to read here for you, and they, they explain why this adjuvant problem is, is not really correctable. They say it's because the same adjuvant-mediated mechanisms which drive to the immune-stimulatory effects of vaccines have the capacity to provoke a variety of adverse reactions, including, as we mentioned, autoimmunity. Right. It goes back to Einstein's definition of insanity, where he talks about you cannot solve a problem with the same mindset, the same insane mindset that created the problem in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they're saying here. I mean, it's, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way of doing things. And this study is actually very, again, I'm not looking at the actual study. I'm looking at the article that was on the report about the study. But 
this article is very well written, but I have not read the study itself. But assuming that these are all the points that they brought up in the study, it, it sounds like that they did a really nice job on it. Yeah, I think that's the acknowledgement we've been longing to see within the, the bodies of literature covering this that, that haven't been for a long time, that someone would actually say, yeah, the problem is the thing that you rely upon in vaccines to make them work is the same thing that actually causes them to be dangerous. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. so you can't you can't escape that. Of course, that's why we're going to be together at Autism One. That's you know a big reason why you you do what you do, Doctor Batar, and why you wrote the nine steps to keep the doctor away. Because this very same thing happened to your son, and your son is going to be up there with you and your family, and he'll likely speak to the audience to show you what kind of recovery is possible. Well, he's actually going to uh, talk, Robert, and the reason is is because. You know, we've talked off the air about how when the Creator wants to send us a message, it always comes in threes. Well, I have had this happen now three times where the child, as they're getting better, the biggest obstacle is the belief or the lack of belief, I should say, of the parent. Even though the subjective and objective parameters are improving, it is the lack of belief uh, energetically. And, you know, some people would say, well, come on, now how is that going to affect? Well, How's that going to affect the child? It's going to affect the child in, in, in ways that you can't even fathom. And so I'm going to actually address that aspect of belief also, and um, that's the biggest reason that Avi's going to be there. Beautiful. Yeah, well, like the uh, belief that it's possible to heal from this injury, these injuries, is a huge part in, in making, let's say, the future change for the positive, for the brighter, for perhaps thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands of families now in dealing with children who have been harmed, uh, whether it be directly from vaccines or other environmental influences that have resulted in similar manifestations. And when we talk about autism, of course, you talk about the mercury, the heavy metals, the damage to the nerves. We also now have to talk about the gut, the impact on the gut, and continual impact on neurotransmitter production. You know, because the bacteria have been damaged by vaccines and antibiotics and everything else. So when we come back, we'll dive into that. We do have a question from a listener, I believe in, uh, where is it, New Jersey? Really? That's like, like Party Central for Big Pharma in America. Is that the case? All right. So we'll take that call from Cheryl in just a little bit. Dr. Rasha Bittar is going to be with me in Chicago at the Intercontinental Hotel. This uh, Tuesday, well, I'll be there on Tuesday, Wednesday through Sunday for Autism One. Check it out. We look forward to seeing you all there. And we'll be right back with more of Dr. Batar. Who'd you say that masked man was? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Robert Scott Bell. Here I come to save the day. Robert Scott I'm a warrior, okay, and that's what I bring to the table. Robert Scott. What's wrong with us, anyhow? Have we gone soft? Robert Scott. All real Americans love to fight. Robert Scott. I am the champion of the Constitution. Robert Scott Bell. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. And the Dr. Rasha Bittar will be together at Autism One in Chicago this week. I hope, uh, hope you come up and see us. And, and Dr. Bittar, any advice for those that are going to be like just giddy with excitement and meeting you? Because you've got a lot of fans out there that haven't met you in person. How should they approach you? Should they be very nervous? <laughs> Don, how do you answer that one? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you're actually. I should ask the same question to Super Don because Super Don has some fans too. Well, that so however Super Don you approach Super Don, you should approach me the same way. But I will say this: for people that want to come up and talk to me, there is a certain code word, and those people that have listened to the videos, watched the videos on factsontoxicity.com, those people know the secret code word. It's something that. I have sat there with like 150 people around me after a lecture. I'm talking, and somebody sneaks up behind me, and they say the code word, and I've stopped saying in mid-sentence, turn around to them, and it's almost like a secret handshake. And right. that's that code word that's only available to those people that have actually watched those videos, because once they've watched those videos, they know what the deal is. All right. Well, facts on toxicity. We have it. We have it linked. How come in, I don't so... know the code word? I don't I'll know the code you. word. I'll you got to watch the videos. If you watch the videos, you, you'll know the. Do you get you get like a special surprise or something? You have to wear a exactly. decoder yeah. ring or something, or what? That's exactly a decoder ring with a special little pin that you get to wear on your chest. Is the code awesome. word is the code word Ty Bollinger? No, no, <laughs> no. Okay. Actually, the self destruct sequence. <laughs> That's the self destruct. Oh my gosh. Oh well. Oh, by the way, I should re- mention that Ty, Doctor Batar, and I will all be together. In Asheville, North Carolina, July 18th through 20th at the Healing Revolution Summit, Healing the Healers, and that's going to be amazing to be up in the Southern Appalachians for summer for a few days, and families all getting together, so plan to be there as well. Let's go to the phones now. Maybe Cheryl could come meet us down there from New Jersey all the way to Asheville, North Carolina then, or Chicago. Cheryl, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. You're on with Dr. Batar. Hi, thank you. Autistic capital of the world. That's where I'm living at. Yes. Um, I, I'm a follower. I have a question for Dr. Batar. I'm a follower of German New Medicine, so I don't do any screenings that look for diseases that the insurance companies are more than happy to cover. But I do do adrenal testing, hormone testing, and, and those type of things to keep me healthy. And I was wondering, when it comes to our annual insurance choices, when they come up, because my husband works for a pretty decent company that gives us a choice of what we want, are there certain companies that um, it's easier for a doctor to work with that he prefers or are they just so varied state by state that it really doesn't make a difference? Or should I fight with my insurance company to get them to cover certain tests that I want covered? Or um, uh, just what, what is, is there something that's easy for him to work with with insurance companies? Is uh, it uh, Cheryl, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting question that you posed to Dr. Batar. I'm sure he's got perspectives on it as well. Uh, I've, I've said very often the most dangerous thing you can have in America is good health insurance, but it sounds like, Cheryl, you wouldn't accept the bad stuff that most health insurance covers. So the question no. is, are, are there other insurance companies that actually would allow you to get good stuff? Dr. Batar, have you found any? Well, it's a great question. Um, you know, we stopped dealing with insurance companies in 2000 when Medicare uh, actually owed us 265000 and they said that we owed them 6000 and my attorney told me, advised me, said that you will never win, and we ended up having to pay Medicare $2,000, and we opted out, and we've never dealt with insurance companies since then. So that's been about 14 years ago. Um, I will tell you that the insurance companies right now, uh, and most doctors that deal with insurance companies have to have two to three full-time staff members just to deal with the insurance companies. So I'm probably not the best person to answer that question. I do know that some very advanced companies like uh, some Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies like Parker, Hannafin, for example, they're self-insured, and um, we're a preferred provider for them. And those type of companies are, because they're self-insured, they can basically dictate their own policies. I would probably encourage you, Cheryl, to to see if there's an option for 
like an independent health plan. Um, they used to have those where you can basically dictate what you want to do. They put your insurance premiums into a certain pool and you have access to whatever type of care that you want, uh, even out-of-network benefits, uh, non-conventional benefits. Certain insurance companies won't pay for, say, acupuncture or they won't pay for Reiki, but if you have this plan, then they'll do that. I don't know the details, but I know that there are some insurance comp companies that have those type of plans, so you can see if that's an option that they provide you with, and then you can dictate how your own, you know, how you, how you um, partake in the insurance benefits in your own, you define basically what you, what you want yourself. Um, but other than that, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. <laughs> I think that the best insurance that you can really partake in is where you are exercising yourself, doing preventive things yourself, making sure that you're on a, on a basic nutritional regimen, making sure you're eating clean food, things that right. don't have man-made components in there. If God made it, it's good, man-made, stay away from it, just like that we talked about in the book. Basically, the steps in the book, that's, in my world, the best insurance policy. It's something and, that's not... And maybe even leaving New Jersey, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, he, he better talking. still be in business when I retire, because I'm moving to North Carolina. Well, you know, <laughs> I just had a patient right before this that's actually the, both husband and wife are both doctors. The wife is infectious disease. The husband is a, an ER doc, and they have their own emergency medicine clinic in New Jersey. And I asked her, the child is autistic, I'm treating them, and I asked her, I said, isn't uh, they actually live in Long Island. I said, isn't that pretty environmentally toxic over there? And she said, well, I don't know. It doesn't look dirty, but it's supposed to be the world capital for breast cancer or U.S. capital for breast cancer, and now you're saying the capital for autism you see the cancer and autism component there? I've always said that it's an um, inability to excrete. Cancer and autism have a very similar physiology, and I didn't know that it was a capital for autism or cancer, for that matter, that New Jersey and New York were, but apparently they are. And so I've gotten reaffirmation from two different mm -hmm. sources within an hour and a half of each other. Interesting. Yes. I have Cheryl, one more thing to tell you. Wait, one more go thing. Ahead. Uh, my friend works in a hospital in New Jersey, uh, she gives x-rays for a living, and she was told by her hospital administrator that the insurance company was requiring that she get a mammogram every year, and if she did not get the mammogram every year, she'd be charged $30 a month more. Wow. She'd be penalized for choosing not to get a mammogram. You know, didn't I say good health insurance is a dangerous yep. thing? I mean, literally, they're precipitating the manifestation of breast cancer. Yep, that's and it's coming. It's going to come to everybody. Everybody just better be ready because that that's the kind of stuff that's coming. Yeah, well, this is why you know. I, and Cheryl, thank you so much for calling. I appreciate you reaching out to Doctor Batar on that. Uh, even though he claims he wasn't a good one to answer it, I thought he answered it rather well. And I uh, appreciate you, Cheryl, very much. And, and Doctor Batar, I mean, this idea of insurance being something that's related to health, it's kind of it's an oxymoron. Health insurance because the way they're offering these invasive procedures that can actually precipitate disease. It's, it's more of that insanity, as you described it earlier. Yeah, it's, again, fear-based. You know, insurance is fear-based, and that's fine to have insurance to prevent natural, from disasters from occurring, this and that. But honestly, when you look at it from a health perspective, it is the wrong focus. Where attention goes, energy flows. You are focusing on, okay, let me just eat the crap that I normally do and just involve myself on a daily basis with high-risk behavior that's going to affect my health, but then I'm going to have insurance to fall back on. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is just a ludicrous thought process, and that's what they're trying to promote. It, uh, the, the, the industry, the, the health care industry is trying to promote that because you know that the biggest industry right now uh, in, in the planet is insurance, is health insurance. Uh, it's between big pharma and health insurance, and 
they say that's already superseded crime, so organized crime. <laughs> now, if you look at, you know, what's the difference between organized crime and, and big pharma slash uh, in, insurance industry, I'll tell you what the difference is. Big, the, 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 the organized crime, they have some ethical basis that they operate from. Yeah, they actually have a code of honor that they will abide by. Where an insurance that forget that noise. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. honestly, for people listening, my best advice as somebody, and again, I'm not just sitting there giving lip service to this. I have not had health insurance since the day I got out of the military, which is 1996. My staff has it. My family has it. I do not have health insurance. I refuse to partake in it. I will tell you the most important thing that you should do from a health insurance perspective, if you're really concerned about having health insurance, take the time that's necessary to get yourself healthier by mm -hmm. eating right, by exercising. You know, exercise is the one thing. If you just drink water and exercise, forget about supplements, forget about all the other things I talk about in nine steps. If you just drink water, you cut out all the soda and sugar, and you just exercise, for God's sake, you are going to feel Ten times, a hundred times better. I can't tell you how many times people will start doing something, and I can tell when they've started because mm -hmm. I'll ask them. I'll ask them a second time, third office visit, and you can tell they still have another. Yeah, well, you know, I've had this problem, I've had that issue. Just go out there and do it. And when they come back in, when once they've started, you can see almost a radiant difference on their face. Yes, Just a simple yes. twenty-minute routine every forty-eight hours, and drink water, cut back sugars. Just those three things. Do it, and then you tell us if uh, if you saw the difference. Well, we're going to be able to stay well hydrated together at Autism One because our good buddy Paul Bertier is going to be there with the ecosystem, the ionizing and structuring and microclustering of water. So we got good water uh, all week long up there at the Intercontinental Hotel. So I'm, I'm thrilled about that. And, and it's great questions by Cheryl. I mean, you know, these concerns, it's like she is aware of natural ways to live. And if she wants to elect to get a test of some kind, she's done more research than most of the docs on it. They probably don't even know the test that she would want. Yet they want to force you into having mammograms. So the opting out concept, it's more and more of what is the origination point of American sovereignty. The idea that we should not be compelled to do things against our will just because someone else thinks it's good for us when, in fact, it might be bad for us. Yeah, and I think that people need to also remember, just follow the logic. I mean, look at things that if they logically appeal to you, if it appeals to your intellect, then do it. And if it doesn't, if there's something that doesn't resonate with you, doesn't set well in your gut, then there's a reason for that. So now, like Cheryl was talking about, mandating mammograms. Well, let's look at that for a second. You're irradiating a part of the body, and you're irradiating it under compression. Why, is, why are mammograms so painful? Because you're causing compression, which causes an inflammatory casket to be elicited, and then you traumatize, after traumatizing the breast, you irradiate it. How can that be good? And the studies have been done already where they compared in China, for example, 19,000 women uh, breast mammograms versus self-exam, and they found that the incidence of earlier detection of breast cancer, there was no difference at all. So mm. if you examine your own breast, you don't need a mammogram. And most mammograms, I mean, I cannot tell you, Robert, how many cases there are of mammograms where there's a normal calcification or fibrotic uh, issue going on there, and the mammogram will show that there's something and then they do a biopsy and you've already irradiated the breast yeah they, they, they create more inflammation more damage precipitating more cancer exactly and there wasn't a problem to begin with we've got one more segment advanced medicine monday check it out if you miss the show medicalrewind.com the links are all up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com 866-939-2355 more on bacteria when we come back the robert scott bell show in all my years of radio i've never seen anything like this the robert scott bell show 
All right, one of the aspects of research growing right now in the, in the field of autism spectrum studies is into the microbiome, the, the gut ecology. We know the seat of the immune system. A lot of immune activity is dependent upon the microflora, uh, brain neurotransmitter chemistry, endocrine system. A lot of these things are all dependent upon gut, and yet we don't ignore, of course, the heavy metals, the mercury. Dr. Batar has written extensively about it, probably more, just about more than anybody. And in the nine steps to keep the doctor away, you can read about it there as well. But the germ issue, the microbiological issue, if we will, uh, Dr. Batar, how do you see that uh, working together in recovery? Well, it's a great question, Robert. We've actually talked about this, I guess, about a year ago. If you think of uh, this whole spectrum as a train, you've got the engine, you've got all the cars in between, and then you've got the end caboose that's coming up, bringing up the rear. And mercury is the most significant, in fact, the greatest offensive component and when you trace everything back, you can actually trace it back to that lead car, that lead engine, the mercury. Now, is gut ish, uh, flora an issue? Absolutely it is, but it is not the actual problem. It's actually the result of the actual cause, which is the mercury, which mm-hmm. causes an immunosuppression along with other metals and persistent organic pollutants and other types of toxicities. But overall, it affects the gut. Well, when it affects the gut, it's causing a disruption of the normal endogenous flora. You end up having decreased levels of the good bacteria. You have increase of the bad pathogenic or potentially pathogenic bacteria. You have opportunistic type things that start showing up, such as the yeast and, and some of these other components. And all these things cause an additional burden. So, yes, you can go in there and annihilate the gut with antibiotics, but you're going to cause more of a problem because you're going to have more opportunistics come there. Yes, you can go in there and give normal, healthy bacteria, which is actually one of the best things to do. But the problem is unless you get rid of the offensive component, the, the, the actual offending mm-hmm. component itself, which is the immunosuppressives, the mercury in this case, and other metals, you're only going to get a temporary, if any, benefit. And there are case after case of children that have been on probiotics that don't get better. Well, of course, they're not going to get better because they're still immunosuppressed because they're mm-hmm their body hasn't been ridden off the mercury and the other toxic metals and the other persistent organic pollutants that are causing the immune system not to be able to function. Right. So basically the key is, yes, you can give the good bacteria, but you've got to let the immune system also come back. You cannot just do it isolated. So the bacteria issue, the gut issue, is like one of those cars in, in the middle. If you look at the engine being the heavy metals and the first few cars being other metals and the persistent organic pollutants, the, the gut flora issue is downstream from that. It's not at the end, but it's certainly not at the beginning either. You cannot mm-hmm. get a child back to being neurotypic by just addressing the gut, yet right. the gut has to be addressed in order for them to get better. Because remember, the gut is kind of like the damage to the forest after the fire has already been burning. But it's not mm-hmm. the spark that caused the forest fire in the first place. It, well, exactly. And, you know, and I focus a lot, and I'll be lecturing on gut, gut recovery and I, you know, I feature your book prominently in, in the beginning of my lecture to say, listen, you've got to remove these offending elements. It doesn't mean we ignore that we have to repair the gut and restore the microbiome. We don't ignore that. Nothing like you've written about ignores any of that, but it goes to the source of the fire, the starting point, the, the thing that just fires it up and causes all the destruction, and then everything else takes advantage of that weakened, toxic, deficient terrain. And actually, once you even get rid of that offending substance that caused the damage, the spark itself, you still have to go in and deal with the gut because then you, it's like plan, replanting the seeds. In mm-hmm. fact, it's not just in autism. It's in sure. every type of disease. I wrote about it in the book on the, on the uh, hormonal uh, chapter, Robert, if you remember. I, in fact, yeah. the subchapter is called The Geek, 
the 13 women and the tree or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> yes. But, you know, specifically talking about the gut issue and the metal issue. So hormonal issues, the cardiac issue, cancer, um, autoimmune conditions, you have to address the gut. You have mm-hmm. to address the gut. But that doesn't mean that's the problem. That's not the cause. It's, it's a sequela of the actual cause. So you have to address it because now just by dealing with that spark and getting rid of the spark, you're going to get a false sense of security thinking that now the seeds have been planted for the trees to grow again. No, you have to now go back and deal with the damage to the fires. Two different things. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've got a lot coming up this week, and uh, real excited. We're going to be getting together soon. i got Roy Dittman coming back tomorrow for an encore because it's a travel day. Uh, Super Don's going to officially join me in uh, at Autism One with Dr. Batar, and we're going to just get – it's going to be a great time. A lot of healing, a lot of emotions, a lot of crying, a lot of happiness, too, because there's a pathway out of the damage, out of the mess. And, Dr. Batar, we're so grateful for you for helping so many to do that. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate everything you're doing, too. All right. The doctor is in. Now he's out. Now he's in his own office. He's got to see some patients, so we're going to let him go. That's it for today. Thanks again to Liam Sheff for joining us and his uh, his other pal, Dieter, <laughs> that funny guy. Super Don, thank you. Shane, thank you. we got lots more healing to go see in Chicago. Why would we all be there? To remind each and every one of you that the power to heal is yours as well. The Robert Scott Bell Show.